0: My name is Maria Kent-Beers, and my co-host Rachel Martinez and I are pleased to present Remember Me. This podcast is dedicated to preserving the memories of those diagnosed with FTD. We hope this episode leaves you feeling more connected, provides a deeper understanding, and allows you to learn to accept the good. Always, always accept the good. This is Remember Me.
1: Is who i am Where happy monday I guys from. i wanted to give a quick introduction to this minimally edited episode maria and i are so excited to share with you an interview we did with somebody who's living with ftd It was completely fascinating. We ended up talking for over two and a half hours, so we wanted to cut the episode in half to make it more digestible. We really hope you enjoy. We sure did.
0: Today, we are so honored to have Cheryl with us. Cheryl is our first interview with someone living with FTD, and we are just so thankful that she's spending her time with us, going to share a little bit about her story. So welcome, Cheryl. Hi,
1: Cheryl. Thank
0: you.
2: And I'm the one that feels honored to be the first one to do this. Thank you.
0: First things first, we'd love to kind of understand from your perspective when you started to kind of feel a change and what that was like for you. And if you can maybe describe some of the things that you noticed that made you feel like, wait, something might not quite be right.
2: Yeah. Um, The first thing I noticed was that I wasn't, I, I couldn't remember words. I was trying to pull them down and there wasn't. And for me, that was weird because I had such a great vocabulary that to forget words just wasn't me. So that was the first thing. Um, Interestingly enough, I was still driving at that time for another year, I didn't quit until later on, Um, but I was hitting curbs, making right turns. And apparently that's part of it too, which I guess it's your perception. So there was that Um, and um, tripping and falling. Um, And I had Parkinsonism with the tremors in my hands and that was a first as well. So um, there were those things. And um, I guess uh, my memory wasn't too bad at that point. Uh, And then it started to get worse. I was doing a dog walking business because I had lost three jobs in a year and a half doing medical billing with no explanation. So I'm guessing that it's attributed to the FTD. Mm-hmm. Um, when I lost them, I decided, you know what, I want to do something else. And I started my dog walking business. I was doing really well for a while, uh, three years. Uh, at that point, I wasn't diagnosed yet.
1: Okay.
2: But um, I started noticing I was forgetting my clients.
1: Mm-hmm
2: that wasn't going to fly. So at that point, um, I made an appointment. It was December of 2012. My diagnosis came pretty quick. Um, When I did see a neurologist, uh, they did all the testing, which is usually blood work, MRI, EEG, neuropsych test. If you're lucky, you can get a PET scan or a spec scan which I couldn't because my insurance wouldn't cover it. Mm. But with everything else proving nothing was there, they went with primary progressive aphasia. It did not show up on my scan. It just recently started showing up about a year or two ago on my EEG as slow waves. Okay. So um, obviously I've noticed my own progression. And I'm going to tell you exactly what my um, first symptoms were. Okay. Um, give me one second.
1: This is like, Maria, are you, this is so emotional for me. Uh, it, yes. I, I agree. am bringing
2: back everything you went through oh with my your parents. Gosh, yes. I'm so
1: sorry. No. <laughs> no. It's, no. it's <laughs> in a very good way. But I have always wondered, like, did my dad know something wasn't right? With and him. that's a good
2: question because not everybody does. Most of us do not have the insight that I have a a, a patient support group, the FTD patient support group, which is just people with FTD. There's mm-hmm. 250 people in there.
0: Wow. So all
2: of us had the insight. But and there's still more out there. And this mm-hmm. group has grown in the past three years like crazy.
0: And that's a wow. sad thing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you wow. know,
2: and we have everything from PPA to BVFTD, to CBD, and everything else you can think of that's under the FTD umbrella. Um, my initial symptoms were forgetting words, stuttering, stammered speech, tripping and falling, hitting the curbs, getting lost in familiar places, ringing in my ears. It's a big one. Bad judgment, apathy, um, tremors, and not being able to figure out tipping in restaurants and forgetting appointments. Math is gone for me now. Okay, Can't even do adding or subtracting without a calculator. And even that I get messed up on. Um, Spelling is becoming a very big issue. I cannot spell words. I, I Try, even check can't pick it up. That's how off I am. So sometimes I'll go in and Google it mm-hmm. to see if that can bring something up. And if it kind of gets it, I figure it out. Okay. Um, and um, reading has become an issue as well. So it's all around the speech language. Right. Um, exactly. And um, it's very frustrating. Extremely yeah. frustrating, especially because, you know, I was an avid uh, reader. I had a lot of vocabulary. I knew the meanings of words. My father was a CPA. He used to talk to us like a dictionary. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I had all of those words under my belt and it just mm-hmm. kind of flew. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that. That was pretty much how everything started.
1: Okay. You mentioned something about insight. Do you know why, or could you guess why some people with FTD have it and some people don't?
2: I can't, unfortunately. Okay. Um, Usually if they don't, um, they think they don't have anything Mm -hmm. and that's anoxonex.
1: Right, right, A G
2: N O S, yes, something like that. Yeah. yeah,
1: who even created that word? Like, can you have just said, like, <laughs> don't believe it. Like that word every time.
2: I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, honestly, but I mm-hmm. do know that it it's sort of like protecting the person that has the disease because they don't know they have it. Mm-hmm. It's really hard for the caregiver because totally, yeah, yeah trying to get them, you know, doctors and, and Mm -hmm. even just trying to converse with them and understand what is going on. It's like an argument all the
1: time. Mm -hmm. And I get that. Yeah.
2: So it's really difficult.
0: Right. So Cheryl, you said you were first diagnosed in 2012.
2: I what notice the symptoms, but the time I got the diagnosis, it was May 1st of 2013.
0: That's when I was diagnosed. Mm -hmm. And have you been able to notice in yourself a lot of change in the past yes. eight years? Okay. Yeah. Um.
2: It's now to the point where um my behavior is starting to be a little bit of an issue. I saw that I was starting to have anger and rage and just meltdowns and I didn't like it. So I then, you know, went there and I asked him if, I could get Seroquel and they gave it to me and it's been working like a charm. It was interesting. Spoke to my psychiatrist earlier today and she was going to refill it. And she asked me about hallucinations, which you do get with FTD. And I've had all three. I've had visual, I've had olfactory and I've had um, auditory. And she said, have you noticed the, the hallucinations lately? And I went, no, not in a few months. And she goes, would that tie into the Seroquel? And I said, you know, you're probably right. I didn't even think about it. But it's also used for like delusions and hallucinations and all that. So that probably took it away. I have gotten some olfactory. The smells can be horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm still getting those. But the rest Mm -hmm. of it seemed to calm down. I used to hear like people talking or music playing in my ear and it wasn't there. So mm-hmm. that was part of it as well. I still do get that periodically. Um, and um, I was just going to say something else. And I forgot, of course, my memory stinks. So just bear with me.
0: No um,
2: and it had something to do with, I was just going to say it and I can't remember what it was.
1: Would it be helpful if we remind you what we were talking about? you can, I know it was, it was about the
2: behavior and and things like that. I'm trying to remember what it is. Mm. It was something newer and that's why.
0: May I ask you a question? Yes. (laughs) Great. Okay. So you mentioned that uh, you went on the medication and that has really helped you a lot. I think one thing from the caregiver's perspective, we're always wondering is like, what can we do to help? What is helping them? What is making them feel better or more comfortable or more situated? Is there anything that you found that your family members or friends have been able to do to support you that has made you feel really good?
2: You know, for me, it's really just knowing they're there for anything I need. And I have a lot of caregivers ask questions. We have the ask the patients group also. Okay, um, it's it's actually called Ask the FTD Patients Questions Group. Okay, and the caregivers ask questions to the patients who have insight like me, and we answer them. So they ask a lot of times, "What can we do to know that we're making them feel comfortable, better, whatever it needs to be?" And truthfully, listening, watching, especially body language if they can't speak. Slow speech. You know, you speak too fast. We can't pick up. That's what I was going to say. Just brought it back. Okay. <laughs> I can't understand everything that's being said to me anymore. It's okay. the disconnect between the brain and what's being heard, and it comes out just unrecognizable. So. Mm-hmm. Some of the time I can get some of it and I'll ask, did you say this? And we'll all just fall apart laughing because it's nothing like what it was. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like a game <laughs> <Amos>
1: of telephone. <laughs>
2: yeah. Exactly. And that's what it comes out like, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but what I but it usually that's what I say to caregivers is watch for the body language, talk directly to the person, keep it slow. Um Just be relaxed. I mean, the biggest thing I think is that patients know that you care, that you love them. That's what it is. And I tell everybody that um, people hear even after they die, just for a few minutes, but they do. That's the last sense to go. So just keep talking to them make memories. It doesn't matter if they're talking back or whatever, just as long as they know you care, you're there, you can talk to them. It's a big thing.
0: So even if you can't communicate back or like you still feel that love, you still feel that attention I think that's making me and Rachel sigh at relief, but also start crying.
1: Um, Yeah, I'm in, I'm full sweat. Yeah, there's no. Well, now you can just pat yourselves on the back
2: and be comfortable (laughs) knowing that you did everything you could. I'm assuming that, that you've lost your loved ones. I I shouldn't have jumped to that. Do you still have? Oh, yes. My,
1: my father passed away November 10th and Maria's mom passed away one month and one day after. Oh, wow. I'm so sorry for
2: your loss. Mm -hmm. That's really recent. Yeah. I am so
1: sorry. It's, you know what? It's, I don't know. It's a weird feeling. Um, And I know people are like, aren't you relieved? I'm like, no. No, there's no relief here. (laughs) (laughs) No.
2: You still miss the person. You've just watched them for however many years just decline right right in front of you. It is a relief that we're not suffering anymore. That I understand. A hundred percent. But yeah, I mean, this person is gone now. You still miss them. It doesn't matter if they die of dementia, they die of cancer or anything else.
1: Exactly. Right. It,
2: it's a grief. It's a loss. And, and right. that doesn't go away. You know, no, it gets it sure doesn't. easier, supposedly. I, yeah. I don't know that either, but um, yeah. So,
1: so tell us what happened after you got your diagnosis. What was like, I'm sure, well, actually before we go there, what was it like? to get that diagnosis? What did it feel like?
2: Very interesting. Um, (laughs) Before I even went for my testings, I started doing the Google thing with Mm -hmm. my own symptoms. Mm -hmm. Everything Mm -hmm. came up FTD. I couldn't Mm -hmm. believe it. So right then and there, I went, okay, now I've had lots of bad diagnoses in my life. So I've learned, don't react until you hear the diagnosis. But it was funny because I walked in there He came over and he said, well, nothing showed on your MRI, which is a good thing because we ruled out cancer and things like that, but that leaves us to just have primary progressive aphasia. And I said, okay, just like that, just okay. Now mind you, I have apathy, so nothing bothers me. Mm. So he said, I'm sorry. I said, nope, it's all right. I hopped off the table, I went to leave. And he went to hand me a tissue. I grabbed the tissue. I wasn't crying. So I just left with the tissue and said, Have a good day. Mm. (laughs) And I just. (laughs) Were you alone? Yes. That was literally my reaction. (laughs) It was almost like it was just kind of matter of fact. Mm. It was very strange. Even I know that it was strange.
0: Right. Yeah. We've heard now, we've heard that from a lot of stories the very matter of fact this is what it is. Yep. Goodbye. Goodbye. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There are a lot of people that will get depressed
2: that do get anxious that do not have a handle it to begin with and I understand that completely because this is a devastating disease. Right. Um but I'm such a realist, I guess. Mm-hmm that Mm. it kind of helps but the apathy is always there for me always Mm. I went to I lost three of my father figures within a year and a half this was 2015 and
1: 2016
2: Mm. I lost my um uncle first then my stepfather and then my father
1: Mm.
2: I went to my father's funeral um kept my sunglasses on, not because I didn't want to people to see me crying, because I didn't want them to see me not crying. Mm-hmm. I didn't want them to think that I didn't mm-hmm. care. Mm-hmm. Right. So I kept them on and just went through the motions. And it's crazy because you know in your head what you're supposed to be feeling and what you're supposed to be doing, but you just can't. It's not there.
1: Right. It's very odd. Wow. Wow. Yep. wow. I try to picture it now, like as a mom to two young boys, like when they get upset, I'm like, okay, yeah. But mm-hmm. imagine just being like, well,
0: oh, yeah, yeah exactly. you stubbed your
1: toe, move on. Yep. Yep.
0: Right. Right. That mm-hmm. exactly. It doesn't um, feel natural to you, I'm sure. No. It just feels it's like very a weird. It's
2: like, I'm supposed to be doing something here. Why am I not? You know, obviously, mm-hmm. I know why. But it is a really weird feeling. I mean, I see my kids. I love them. But I don't always have that feeling, that Mm -hmm. warm feeling you have when you Mm -hmm. love your kids. Mm -hmm. I have Mm -hmm. two uh, grandchildren now, too. Them, I could feel a little bit more than I can my kids, which is the strangest thing in the world. And even stranger... Everybody in my group, including me, we will cry over our animals being lost, mm. but not our humans.
1: Not our humans. <laughs> it is so
2: strange.
1: Huh.
2: I wonder. We've had the is- discussion in there. Why does this happen? And nobody knows.
1: I wonder if it's because animals don't talk back.
2: That's what everybody was saying (laughs) and that their unconditional love is something different than our parents or our siblings or, you know, that kind of thing. That's what we came up with. I don't know if it's right or not, but I mean, you know, it's really, it's interesting because of how this whole thing works and there's no rhyme or reason.
0: Right. I'd love to dive into this support group that you're a part of. Sure. We don't really know anything <laughs> about this. We haven't yes. talked about this on the podcast. I imagine it's been really therapeutic for you to have people to talk to that kind of understand what you're going through. Yeah. Right.
2: Howard. I don't know if you've known the name Howard Glick probably don't. He hasn't been on for a long, long time, but he was, they were making Howard's story, which they never finished. He used to have a blog.
1: Yes. Yes. Name
0: sounds familiar. Okay. Okay. Well
1: wrote like religiously and it it was like
0: everything.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. It it was like a stream of consciousness. Yeah. It was. yeah. Yeah.
2: And, um, I had heard about him And I heard about the support group. I found it with all this Googling, because obviously I put in there, you know, frontal temporal dementia and attached to his blog. So I got in touch with him and I asked him if I could join the group. And he said, not until you have a firm diagnosis. As soon as you're done, let me know. So of course, March 13th came, <laughs> or May, I'm sorry, May. And I immediately got in touch with him and said, The doctor said that I have primary progressive aphasia. And he goes, Okay. So he hooked me into his group, which is okay. the FTD patient support group. And he told me to join Natasha Young's group, which is the primary progressive aphasia support group. And I did both. And, um, I guess there weren't that many members when I joined. Uh, Most of them started joining in 2000. I'm going to say 2011 or 12, because you had the group about a year or a year and a half before I joined. Um, And um, it got to the point where after I became very close with Howard, I am extremely close now because he gave the group to me to take over. I talk to him all the time. He's not active on Facebook, but I can text him. He'll call me, you know, that kind of thing. So I know he's alive and well.
1: <laughs> but
2: <laughs> yeah. Um it was created for the reason of not having any other support group dedicated to people with FTD that can talk to each other. Yeah. You know, everybody thought they were alone in this. So he created this group and it's awesome. I mean, it's like a big family. There's a lot of love and a lot of caring. You can do everything you need to in there, whether it's vent, cry, scream, laugh, whatever it is, as long as it's FTD related, go for it. Um, And on Tuesdays, we have a Zoom group from one to two, Eastern time. And that really helps a lot of them. We have steady people that really go get on the Zoom and they need it. It's like therapy to them. Yeah. And so we all just have one big therapy session. You know, and I'll ask everybody how they're doing each week and they'll tell how they're doing and then we'll get into discussion when people start asking questions. Well, this is happening to me. Does this happen to anybody else? Yeah. Mm. So it, it's really therapeutic. Um, And the group is awesome. He didn't make the Ask the FTD Patients group until probably about, I guess, 2015 or 16, I'm going to say, not sure. (laughs) Um, And that turned out to be a really great group. The people that are in the group answering the questions are everybody from our support group. Not everybody's in the ask group because they don't necessarily want to be part of it. But those that do, we all answer the questions that are asked because they need to know for their loved one. So the groups really have come a long way and they have helped immensely. What I was also asked to do, and I haven't done it yet because I haven't figured out how I want to do this. It was suggested to me by... um, Matt from the AFTD, I don't know if you know him. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, He asked me if I can do more of a public Zoom, which of course I could. And I would announce it in the association group, in the frontal temporal dementia information and support group, you know, that kind of thing and see who wants to get on. I just haven't had the time to initiate it. Yeah. I'm trying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to figure you're doing out a lot, how Cheryl. and when. Yeah,
1: gee, driving.
2: I'm trying. That's my purpose now. I had to find a new purpose, and the That's purpose beautiful. was advocating and supporting. And you know, until I can't do it,
0: why was I chosen? Thank you guys for listening to this week's very special episode. We were so excited when Cheryl reached out and wanted to be a part of the podcast. Like Rachel said, we have more of this episode that will be released in the future. We just love talking to Cheryl and we can't wait to talk to her more. If you enjoy this episode, please share it with a friend, post it on social, help us spread the word about FTD and this podcast. We release new episodes each week on Mondays, so you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you want to connect with us, you can follow us on Instagram at Remember Me Podcast, and you can also visit our website. We have a blog and more information about FTD on there. It's RememberMeFTD.com. This podcast is produced by Maria Kent Beers and Rachel Martinez, and the beautiful music you hear is a song called So Damn Lucky by Bailey Kent.